Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. So as we record this little into the podcast, we are waiting, Bojo, Boris Johnson, <laughs> news tonight at seven o'clock, George. I've actually got butterflies in my stomach. I'm not even joking. <sighs> to be honest, I've ignored all of the announcements for probably like the past seven or eight months because yeah. I just didn't hear it. But today I'm actually sitting here with butterflies in my stomach just really really want to hear that the schools are going back on the 8th of March and I think they are like I'm positive I think they are aren't they I love how upbeat you are this is the same feeling that I got before I got my GCSE results I just went out and drunk a load of like cider in the park um I'm I don't know if I'm planning I might do that tonight in the garden actually to be fair drink a load of cider with doors (laughs) reminisce reminisce about the good old days no yeah fingers crossed with the schools going back on the 8th because that's a massive thing so many people are messaging us about homeschooling just saying it is really really tough yeah and actually to be fair like last week although like some structure is nice last week did feel like a break like for me and I know like other people who are homeschooling it did feel like a bit of a break not having to Mm. do that Mm. and coming back on Monday today has felt a bit like oh no but if all goes to plan it's only a couple of weeks and I think should we just all make a pact that we all just won't do it together like if we don't if we all decide let's just not do homeschooling for two weeks (laughs) then it's fine Georgia you can't start anarchy on the podcast (laughs) no you've got to get (laughs) what I thought you were going to say was can we just make a pact that whatever the result is we all meet up in person ASAP and go for (laughs) we all just turn up on the 8th of March and send the kids in somewhere yeah they can go in and we can yeah have a natter and a coffee and a cake lovely yeah um anyway how was the weekend did anything fun happen um did anything fun happen at the weekend the answer oh yes we bought a trampoline which was amazing that's the best 190 Um, quid you're ever going to spend by the way don't I don't know why we didn't get one before well I know why because last summer we couldn't get one like you literally couldn't buy one anywhere everyone bought trampolines yeah I remember trying to get one I literally just couldn't and then Saturday night I'd had a few drinks and I just didn't fancy parenting on Sunday and I was like "Mm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna buy one so we went and picked it up on Sunday but completely backfired because this morning at like five to five I want to say could have been earlier oh all I could hear from Gigi's room was going jump 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 
no so at 10 past six I caved and she was on the trampoline in the garden that's so, incredible well, it's getting lighter now as well so it's kind of like the, acti- the activities happen earlier on in the day that's brilliant but how nice was the weather on Sunday I know I know we got an ice cream feel- from an ice cream van me too. Me too. <gasps> yes. Summer in February. So good. Oh, it's dreamy. It really was dreamy. <laughs> when I saw one of my friends post on Insta going, just to let you know, if you haven't been outside yet, it's not coat weather, it's not hat weather, it's um, crop top and calippo weather. And I was like, I feel like you're taking it slightly too far, but I'm going for it. I'm going with it. Why not? Exactly. Why not? Why not? Exactly. Um, well, listen, we need to get on. We, me and you will just end up nattering all for the I next know. hour. So we need to get on with the podcast today because today's a really, really, really special one. We are absolutely over the moon to be working with Guide Dogs uh, uh, for this episode. They've sponsored the podcast today and um, that means we get the absolute honour of chatting to somebody a lovely lady called Rachel who has a visually impaired daughter called Nell and it was such a joy to chat to her because she's so inspiring and even though we didn't obviously get to meet Nell or chat to her in person um the stories that Rachel was telling about Nell just like you know the things that she's had to overcome in her life and Mm -hmm. the daily challenges that she goes through um as somebody who is who is blind and who is only five years old I mean admirable inspirational right yeah really really is inspirational and do you know what that's this is one of the our favourite things about the podcast is that we Mm. get to have these conversations. Mm. But also, you know, if you don't know anybody, you know, who's, who has a child that's visually impaired or has this kind of struggle, it's still really interesting chat because we've all been there, you know, like at the park when our toddler points something out about another child that might be different about them. And Rachel kind of made us feel a bit better about that and how Mm. we can handle those situations. Who's going to happen? It's what they do. And I think we all need to kind of learn how we can bring up our kids to handle those situations better. Yeah, and also how we can handle those situations better. You know, for example, having the conversation with somebody about disabilities, um, you know, and like you said, it's all about education. And that, again, that this is what is such a such a kind of treat with the podcast is that we really feel like we come away from it having learned something. So even if you don't have a child who has a disability, this will be the most informative chat. And um, hopefully you will come away armed with some new information and a bit of education. And that's that's all we want, really. So yeah, let's get into it. Who are we chatting to today? Today we are chatting to the lovely Rachel Sutton. So one of the best things about doing this podcast is um, how Georgia and I get to speak to all of these wonderful people having all these brilliant and wonderful open conversations. And part of the podcast for us is about education and learning about different people from different walks of life with uh, different I guess, issues and disabilities and problems going on in their lives and, you know, a range of people that we get to speak to. And today we are over the moon because this podcast is in collaboration with the Guide Dogs Association. And we are speaking to an incredible lady called Rachel, who is mum to three, Isaac, who's 13, Nell, who's five and is visually impaired, and Martha, who is four. Uh, Rachel just told us that her husband, Paul, has been tech support and has (laughs) set her up today (laughs) because we're recording remotely. And we are going to be having a discussion around um, visual impairment. So, Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Hi, it's lovely to be here. <laughs> Did I say all that correctly? Because before we get into it, it's very, very hard to know if if we are supposed to say that your child is blind or visually impaired. Um, I think 
different people maybe say different things like as a family we're quite relaxed and um we've wanted to sort of give now that that positivity and onus for herself of what she likes to describe like her disability as and she just naturally says that you know um my name's Nell and I'm blind um and she's quite comfortable with that I think some people like to um maybe refer to it as a visual impairment um or even just like a you know like I have a sight issue right um so that I feel like there's lots of different ways of saying it um and I think it's whatever you're comfortable with really we we just naturally say like you know I've got a child called Nell and she's blind um yeah so we're 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 comfortable with that (laughs) okay good okay brill um so I think we want to sort of go back to the start um earlier you know earlier before we we got into this chat we found out obviously that your husband is Paul is blind so when you know when you were pregnant did that you you had Isaac who's who's obviously not visually impaired but when you were pregnant was that a worry that you may you know it might be a genetic thing and it might have been passed on to your children or did you just never was that never a discussion um, I think it was a worry. I think it was more a worry actually when I was first pregnant with Isaac um, mm. because there just wasn't any tests that they could do and it was quite a while ago now. So obviously, um, you know, there wasn't as much sort of technology as there is today. Um, but I think because Isaac didn't have the condition and this is actually just a condition that my husband and his twin brother has got and nobody else in his family has actually got it, uh, which is congenital glaucoma. Um, we kind of we was aware that there was a chance, but we didn't really um, dwell on it too much. Um, so, yeah, I think really um, when Nell was born, it, it was a shock as such (laughs) um obviously you know we we knew that there was like a chance but as I say um we we didn't really dwell on it too much so yeah it was a little bit of a shock when I was born that they told us um that she did have congenital glaucoma now when Paul was diagnosed with this he actually lost his sight in his teens is that right yeah, he did. Um, so he had quite good sight, actually, up to the age of 16. Um, and that was when we first met, actually. So um, when we were 16. And then he finally, he lost his sight um, when he was 18, um, which was quite a difficult time. He was at college, I was at uni, <laughs> um, trying to juggle a long distance relationship. And he just went to sleep and then woke up the next day and his sight had gone. Um so yeah, he's he's only got light perception now. Wow, I mean that in itself is 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 an incredible story, isn't it? So you'd had that experience with Paul, and then Isaac was born, and his sight was fine. There wasn't any worries or concern. And then what happened with Nell, and how did you discover that she was visually impaired? Um, so we had a fantastic um, sort of you know, array of doctors around us anyway, because um, I wasn't very well during the pregnancy. Now I wasn't very well, and she was actually born, born by emergency caesarean. Um, so they were kind of concerned anyway. So we were quite lucky in the fact that they were keeping a really close eye on on her and me. Um, but when she was born, visually, it was really evident that she obviously did have uh, Paul's eye condition. Um, her eyes were really, really big, um and very um like the um the iris 
was very big compared to the rest of her eye. So it was evident. Um, and in a cute little thing, which Nell always likes me to talk about, because she loves me talking about when she was born and everything. <laughs> um, I used to call her my little bonobo baby. <laughs> she reminded me of a little bonobo. <laughs> um, so yes, it, it, it was just really evident. And then they did get a, um, obviously a, a, a ophthalmologist um, consultant in to just to actually, you know, I suppose, put on the record that she definitely did have congenital glaucoma. Right. And how was that, you know, for yourself and Paul? How, how were you feeling? Um, for me, it was mixed emotions. So obviously it was upsetting. Um, I think I was more upset for Paul, really, <laughs> just because obviously he was devastated because it's something that, you know, obviously he has and that he's passed on to his child Mm. um so I think that was more my concern really just to make sure that he didn't you know sort of carry that guilt um because obviously we'd both decided to have a baby together and you know in this life obviously lots of different things can happen and the one thing I did say to him after now was born that you know who better to guide her in life uh, with this condition is, um, you know, her own dad, really. Mm. Um, so, and and that has been like a really positive um, thing for Nal and for Paul, really, um, as she's growing up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it, it was, it was, it was hard, but also I knew that it was something that we would really be able to deal with and it wasn't going to hold her back. Um, and it was just going to be a part of who she was, not define who she was, but a part of who she was. Talk to us about um, the first kind of year of her life, because as a as a parent, you know, Georgia and I have got kids ourselves. We know how tough that first year can be. So what were the challenges that you faced before the mobility experts went in and, and kind of tried to make her a little bit more independent, I guess? Um, the first year, I have to be totally honest, was really tough. Mm. <laughs> um, she was in pain constantly for the first few months months of her life. We were backwards and forwards to hospitals in London uh, because we live in Wales in a really small community and there just isn't that level of care around around our area. Yeah. So our, our nearest place really um was was London um and she was going through a hell of a lot to be fair um so it was difficult uh but eventually um with the help of our our health visiting team um she actually got referred to uh Birmingham Birmingham Children's Hospital the ophthalmology department there and um they were able to really, really control her condition. Um, unfortunately, she she had um, she did have to have in total thirteen operations in her first year. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was it was just hectic to be honest with you. Mm. <laughs> um, she is. I mean, it just showed us how much of a fighter she is. To be honest with you, um, a lot of those operations were to try and save. Um, you know, the sight in her eye and trying to save her eye and things like that. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was a difficult time. Um, but, you know, she, we had, love, you know, excellent support around us from her, her, um, her consultant mm-hmm. um, and also our local health visiting team. I mean, her consultant has been absolutely fabulous. And he actually said to us, um, 
that he'd never ever would see um, Nails an eye like Nails ever again in his career. So she has got congenital glaucoma, but she's also got several other conditions um, with her eye, like several other abnormalities of her eye, they would say. Um, So it's like the shape of her eye um, and the makeup at at the back of her eye is quite unique. Um, so they kind of, in a way, were working on the unknown when they were doing these operations for her. So we can't thank them enough, really. But uh, yes, as you say, when Guide Dogs then got involved with Nal, um, it was just, you know, life changing for us, really. It really, yeah. really lifted off then. Everything lifted off. And just just before we get into, you know, how guide dogs have really helped you, how was um, sort of telling your friends and family that Nell had this condition and h- how did they react? Um, I think because obviously of Paul, um, me being with Paul for such a long time, um, that they obviously were just really supportive, you know, really, really supportive. Um, my mum was actually there when Nell was born. Um, which was a great support for now, um, for now, for Paul, really, because I, I wasn't very well. So my mum really supported Paul in those first few hours after she was born. Um, Rachel, and, what, yeah, was they, wrong, what was wrong with you, Rachel? Um, I actually had um, cholestasis of pregnancy. Um, so it was where my liver wasn't really working properly and my, like... Um, my body was kind of attacking Nell a little bit. Right. Um, so, yeah, I just, uh, my body wasn't very well. And I actually had, um, um, oh, I can't think of the name now. I actually had, like, um, di- diabetes, like, in pregnancy. So, like, right. I haven't got... Gestation- gestational, gestational diabetes. diabetes yeah. That's the one, yes. Gestational diabetes. <laughs> um so oh, I had a few a few things going on <laughs> yeah I mean you you seem to have been hit with a lot during the during the pregnancy so Paul's mum was there was was Paul's mum there or your mum there um yeah my mum was yeah. there um yeah. to support him through it so um and then from then on obviously they were there to um like help have Isaac because we spent most of the first year of Nell's life in hospital so they looked after our older son <laughs> while well, we went, had to go backwards and forwards um and yeah I mean our, our family are incredibly supportive um they accept Nell and Paul for who they are and even to the point now of you know sometimes they might forget and I do it all the time forget that they can't see <laughs> mm. um because it's just you know it's a part of who they are you know <laughs> yeah we, we hear so much on Made by Mamas with people messaging us in that you know, anybody that has a child with a disability or has a disability themselves, they, you know, they they sort of struggle through life in terms of, you know, this like, oh, well, you know, my child's not normal, and we, which is a phrase that we hate at Made by Mamas because it's just like every child is different and wonderful and unique in their own way. And I think it's, it's really important, isn't it, to kind of focus on the fact that, yeah, okay, there is something different about now, but, you know, differences make people so special and wonderful. Um, were there any moments in those first kind of 12 months where you felt you weren't coping and did you allow yourself to feel you know sad or any other emotions that might have come up? Um, yeah definitely. <laughs> um, I think um, a lot of a lot of the way that we've coped as a family is to be really positive about it and try and you know express that positivity to now 
And, you know, we want her to be proud of who she is. Obviously, every parent wants their child to be proud of who they are. Uh, but we want her to be proud of who she is and, you know, own own who she is and own her disability. And, you know, that that's really, really helped us through, definitely. Um, and I think it's helped her cope with her condition a lot better uh, because we don't shy away from it. We've talked to her about it. We're very open. Um, but I think... For me as a mum, definitely there was difficult times um, of, I think, more to do with when she has lost more sight. Um, So um, in her first year, in her first few months um, of her life, she actually... um, like her eye perforated uh, so there was nothing that they could do and um, so she hasn't got any sight in her left eye and then obviously the professionals the consultants have done everything they can to try and preserve her right eye as best as possible um, but I think through those moments you know it was just really tough really really tough um, just I think in a way it kind of really made me stop and and actually really focus on the fact that yes she actually can't see you know (laughs) um because to me she's just my little girl you know (laughs) um it's not yes it's it's part of our everyday life but it's not something that we focus on you know a lot um all the time um but yeah definitely in that first year I think because she was going through so many different medical procedures and operations I think it really made me made me just realize how more difficult her journey might actually be growing up um, Mm. and how much extra she's got to deal with really. I think anybody listening to this podcast that's going through something similar or knows somebody that's going through something similar will really resonate with that, that um, there are those moments, aren't there, where you actually think, well, you know, this is going to be a challenge for us as a family and for her as your daughter. And um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I really hope that, that that sort of sticks with people that are listening. Um, and then obviously there are so many amazing resources out there, but let's talk about Guide Dogs Association and that moment that they came into your life, I guess I want to hear about. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, firstly, um, we are really lucky with like the positive support network that we have around now. Now, and obviously I, I realise not every family is as lucky um, to obviously have that so I just feel like it's really important for people uh, parents guardians of um, children and young people that have got a visual impairment just to know that guide dogs are one of the charities that are out there to to help you yeah. um, so we we got involved um, with guide dogs from when as you say when now was about a year old and did you contact them or did someone put you in touch with them um, do you know what? It was actually our local health visiting team who actually knew a qualified teacher for the visually impaired who actually then got in contact with guide um, with guide dogs basically on our behalf. So we were very lucky. It's it was more through people who knew, you know, obviously knew of them and knew knew of certain people. So um, you know, I think I think it's. Um, quite important actually to to realize that a lot of people don't realize that guide dogs 
help um, families and children that are visually impaired and, and their families and young people. Um, I mean, I was really, really surprised to actually read from the Guide Dogs research that 68% agree that there was not enough support to help parents um, when a child is diagnosed. And obviously, I can really resonate with that. Um, you know, I didn't know, obviously, that Guide Dogs could be there to, to help us. So obviously, you know, by getting the word out, people might you know uh, know that and, um, and and be able to contact them uh, but yeah I mean it was absolutely life-changing for us to be fair we met Branwen who is Nell's habilitation officer from Guide Dogs and um, she was just lovely just absolutely lovely she really was um, she's just she's really positive about Nell's abilities uh, for a start and she was really eager to sort of you know get going, let's see what now can do, um, you know, that sort of positive attitude, get up and go attitude, which, um, you know, is what we really want for Nell anyway, and want her to be as independent as possible. And Branwen was just able to harness, like, Nell's independence. Um, and I honestly don't think that Nell would be where she's at today at the age of five if we haven't, you know, if we wouldn't have had that help. Um because she's, you know, obviously got such a, a fabulous relationship with Branwen. Um, and she's been able to introduce her to, you know, learning how to use a cane um, and different like body protection techniques for when she's out and about. So she doesn't bump into things and around school and things. Um, so, yeah, she's she's just done like literally so much you know and not not just for now for us as a whole family um you know she she's there to support obviously now educationally and she obviously um you know can do an in individual plan that is suitable for Nell's needs um but she's also there you know to help emotionally as well and throughout Nell's journey um it's just been lovely to be able to have you know somebody outside of the family to actually yeah. chat to and and have that support yeah and I guess emotional support for you as well as mum just kind of trying to figure yes. stuff out <laughs> yes definitely definitely um I think also um you know during obviously lockdown and things it's been like a crazy time obviously for everybody um but also just sort of keeping that um, contact going through like via emails and now's having like Zoom meetings once a week with her, uh, which is lovely. She's learning new skills over Zoom. Um, wow. The other, yeah, I know. The other week she managed to learn how to open a packet of crisps. Oh, wow. Just, I know. It's, a, it's just something that you just wouldn't even think of, you know. I didn't think of it really because I think because she's got a younger sister um, and they're so close in age, you know, you just sort of, because you're rushing or whatever, you just yeah. do the lunch for them. You open you do the crisps. It. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just do, don't you? And then Branwen asked Nell and said, what What would you like to learn? What's one skill you'd like to learn next week? And she said, I'd love to be able to open my own packet of crisps. Oh. <laughs> uh. can, can she come around over Zoom and teach my son how to put his pants on? Because <laughs> this is becoming an increasing issue in our house. We'll be right back after the short break. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So welcome back, uh, back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? This is interesting because I'm obviously having to do this with Kit where I'm, you know, he's going to be turning three soon and uh, up at the preschool, they said, look, can you please just try and teach him how to get dressed on his own? Oh, like, it's something that I haven't done. And I'm like, oh yeah. God, should I have done it before this point? But I'm doing yeah. it with a, with a child that doesn't have, you know, a disability, it doesn't, is not visually impaired, not blind, but still it is a humongous challenge, a humongous challenge. So how do you even start navigating those tasks with, you know, with a daughter that, that is blind? It must be, it must be really challenging, must be really hard. Um, it is challenging, to be fair. And I think for me, it's, I'm, I'm even learning because obviously yeah. it's different having like a blind husband than yeah. it is to having like a blind child um but also it's it's full of lots of laughs and silliness and yeah. things like that you know sometimes Paul might come down with like his t-shirt on back to front or inside out and <laughs> we'll like have a bit of a laugh and you know he can turn around and say to now well look I'm a grown man now but I still get it wrong sometimes so it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. you know um Aww. so yeah I think it's just taking the time and not rushing you know, not rushing her, not panicking about, oh, she, you know, she needs to know this by this time. And, you know, she still struggles with getting herself dressed, but our, you know, small wins in yeah. the past few months have been that she's able to start to get herself undressed so she can take her own cardi off. She can undo the buttons, you Amazing. know, on a cardigan. Um, so it's just small things like that, really. I mean, I've, honestly, I feel your pain because it's such a laborious task, I find, trying to get them to dress themselves. But I think once they crack it, then they feel so proud of themselves, don't they? Um, so, and, and also her younger sister can do that. So she, obviously she's younger. So now can get a little bit jealous that mm. like her younger sister can do it, but also it gives her the t- determination to keep yes. going. Yeah. <laughs> and how has it been for, you know, particularly your older child, you mentioned that the first year that, you know, Nell was with you, you were in hospital a lot and, you know, he, he spent a lot of time with his grandparents. How has that, how has that been? And how do you kind of divide your time? I guess, I guess Nell probably needs a lot more attention um how how do you navigate that um as best as possible I think like anybody (laughs) really um I mean I do have to say like 
Isaac was absolutely fantastic. Um, when Nao was born, you know, he got thrust into the deep end of not seeing his mum and dad, not seeing his new baby sister for a lot of the time. Um, and he he just he always has been the sort of person that he's just quite laid back anyway. Um, so he just, you know, it was it was what it was, basically, and he just got on with it and you know, we're really proud of him for that because he didn't moan. Um, and, you know, I think it's also helped shape the sort of person he is today. Yeah, I was just about to say that. He's probably yeah. got a, deep, a much deeper understanding of maybe some sort of di- different things that may have not come up unless, you know, if Nell, you know, wasn't blind, I guess. It's one of those ones, isn't it? It gives them a deeper level of understanding in, of the world and things can happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's, you know, he's such a a conscientious person. He's very caring and kind and he's very aware, you know, um, as Nell's growing up and becoming even more independent than she already is. um, You know, he'll he'll recognise things, you know, such as, you know, does does this um, does this crossing have the right um you know safety aspects for now to be able to cross properly and you know obviously naturally he will guide his dad and so he can guide Nal and you know it's just it's just little things like that I mean he was guiding um Paul when he was three years old um it was you know Paul had to take him to nursery um on the bus um and so really you know although Paul did know the route there was an aspect of of Isaac was being his eyes for him you know at the age of three that is incredible it is is, (laughs) and um let's talk about like a, a guide dog do you have a guide dog living with you uh, no, Paul did have a guide dog um, called Luke. He was absolutely beautiful. He was gorgeous. Um, so he did have a guide dog, but unfortunately he passed away when now was a couple of months old. So that was a really, once again, that was a really difficult time because he'd had Luke for quite a number of years. He'd had them. Um, he actually had had Luke just as I found out I was pregnant with Isaac. So oh, it was like a double whammy of like, we're going to have a baby and we're going to have a guide dog at the same yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, we, we, he'd had him for about nine nine years, I think nine ten years. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like I've learned. I'm learning so much because Me too. I, I thought I thought I genuinely <laughs> didn't know about. In my head, I sort of thought that you know, the guide dog association. You just automatically had a dog that lived with you. Like I just thought I thought that, and I didn't know necessarily about all of the extra care that comes with it. And actually, you've got a mentor that supports you and you know looks after you and and you know emotionally, mentally, all of that kind of stuff. That's it's an amazing thing incredible. that they do. An incredible resource. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it really is. And um, I mean, obviously, we're we're too busy as a family for Paul to um, have a guide dog at the moment. Um, yeah, and we're sort of at the stage of where. Um, our children were, were going into full-time school so we were both looking at our careers and where we were going and that's been obviously had a bit of a, a halt on it now yeah. <laughs> yes we've, we've yeah. locked down and everything um but I mean he definitely definitely would like to uh have a guide dog again when you know when possible when when the girls are maybe a little bit older and a bit more you know, independent and things. Um, and it's something that now, um, you know, has said that when she's older, she would love to have a guide dog because they do give you so much uh, independence um, and just that, you know, that level of confidence as well. Uh, but it is also really important to learn to use a cane 
obviously beforehand uh, so that's what that's the stage that Nell's at um, and it's just given her such a a new sort of even more newfound confidence I mean she's a very confident little person anyway <laughs> um, but it's just given her even more you know a newfound confidence of what she, what she can do you know of, of how much she can go out into the world herself you know and explore things and find things um so yeah I mean I just you know obviously just to say again that um like guide dogs have just been you know life-changing for us and also that it's it's amazing how much they actually do offer as well yeah and I just wanted to talk to you about um you know Nell's relationship with other children for me, I know that, you know, especially my son, who's four at the moment, if there's somebody with something different about them, whatever it is, he's likely to point it out and speak about it very loudly. Yes. And as a mum, I don't know what to do in that situation. I, you know, I try to explain to him, you know, what whatever it is that he's pointing out. But equally, I feel quite embarrassed. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't want to cause a scene. How should we handle those sorts of situations? And, how, you know, how does it feel to, for now? How does it feel for you? Um, well, firstly, just to say, um, I completely get what you mean. I completely resonate with what you're saying. Um, and I mean, the first thing I would say personally for us, you know, please don't be embarrassed. Children are children. And, you know, my children are the same. <laughs> you know? um, so, and also I feel like we've given now the, um, the skills almost of how to deal with that. Um, yeah. We were really lucky. She is such a social butterfly. She literally loves people. She loves interacting with oh. people. Um, and, I mean, being social is really important to her. I mean, she'll she'll happily just say hello to strangers on the street, and <laughs> you know, in in a shop, she'll literally chat chat to like um, the the person on the till, or you know, that sort of thing. So um, she's just naturally like that anyway. So I think that kind of helps her quite a lot. Uh, but we have had moments, obviously, in playgrounds and things like that. And yeah. children have said like, oh, you know, you've got a funny eye or what's that, you know, what's that stick and things yeah. like that. And she'll quite happily say, oh, yes, I'm blind. You know, I've got special eyes and, um, I've, you know, I use a cane. It helps me get about because I can't see very well. So, you know, she's really good at speaking for herself and being quite matter of fact about it. And I think because she's like that, more than more than often, really, the children just kind of accept it and go, "Oh, okay, then." And yeah. then, you know, off they go and play. I mean, honestly, I can't go to obviously pre-COVID, but I can't go to couldn't go to a park and her not make friends with somebody, and I'm having to tear That's her away. Isn't it? I love that. <laughs> Um, yeah, she, I mean, surprisingly, it's actually her younger sister who is the sort of shy, she's quite shy, Martha is. She'll yeah. follow Nell's lead. Um, you know, uh, we're quite lucky in the fact that they've both got quite different personalities. So, like, Martha is quite quiet and reserved, but she will happily guide Nell around, say, like a new, you know, play centre or show her where how you get up to the slides and things like that. Mm. She'll guide her, but Nell will be the one that'll be like grabbing all the children saying come on follow us you know yeah <laughs> and, and making friends with everybody so <laughs> what sort of questions does Nell ask Martha I mean I imagine 
well, actually, I just I'm I'm thinking in my head that she's not asking what things look like, more about how they feel or where they are. Is that right? Um, actually, no. She she will say to Martha, "What does this look like?" Wow, more, more than yeah. She because Nell is a very tactile person, so she loves to feel things. Um, she loves to be outdoors, exploring things. She literally asks me like you know at least a hundred questions a day about loads of different things. Um, so yeah, she's um, she's quite good with stuff like that. But I think it is more as she's. Um, unfortunately lost her sight um, quite a lot more as her sight's deteriorated she is we have noticed she is asking quite a lot of questions about what things look like and you know we feel that's quite important because as she gets older we want her to have that image of you know in her head of what things actually do look like yeah. And how do you think lockdown has impacted her? Because obviously we're all going through it at the moment. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, do you think that Nell has been particularly impacted? Have you seen a difference in any of the children just with what's going on? And they are missing out. You obviously said she was very social. So what other aspects do you think she's missing? Um, I think really just to sort of carry on from the social side of things I mean as all the children are she's really missing her friends she's really missing school um and I think she also enjoyed the idea of the routine um of knowing what was happening from day to day um and I think that's something that she has slightly struggled with um I think it comes from when she was younger really when she was a baby um one of the best advice one of the best like sort of parts of advice that I got was just just talk to her just literally talk, tell her what you're doing tell her everything you're doing so I did I literally used to just do a running commentary all day <laughs> about what <laughs> what I was doing and where we were going and things like that mm-hmm. um you know and I think that is I don't know whether it's like a soothing thing for her um but it's something that she's always resonated with of like wanting to know what the the routine was and I think it's been quite difficult during lockdown to have a fixed routine we do try to have some sort of routine uh, but with you know with three children all at different levels of learning it's just really difficult and some days you just think no it's it's just not going to go like that today and we've just got to <laughs> you just got to roll with it you know <laughs> yeah and so does Nell go to a mainstream school or is she at a specialist school uh no she goes to a mainstream school uh our local primary school and it is also a Welsh medium school so it's a Welsh speaking school um so that is something that has been quite difficult um because um me and her dad we don't speak Welsh I I've tried to learn (laughs) since we've lived here um and I know little bits I mean really um her her big brother is um fluent in Welsh um so yeah so he he's the one that can really help to be honest with you (laughs) but that that is something that we we have struggled with I mean obviously we've got fantastic support um from also from now's habilitation officer Bramwen because she is Welsh so she can help and it's nice for now to have that interaction via zoom in Welsh and be able to practice speaking her Welsh and because obviously when they're in school it's quite a natural thing for them to do right um 
So yeah, I was quite, you know, quite concerned that she might lose that kind of, you know, the progress she'd made with her Welsh, but she hasn't. She's doing fantastic. So. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And what what do you think we um, are doing really well in the UK um, around disabilities and what areas do you think needs improvement? Um, I think one of the, the main things I would say that is really positive is just the awareness that is now coming out. Um, you know, obviously the podcast that we're doing today, um, but, you know, just in in mainstream media, it seems to be so much more just there, really. Um, you know, aware, awareness, but also, um, how can I put it? it? It being more of a natural occurrence yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether that's yeah. the right way to put yeah, yeah, yeah. it um you know just obviously um highlighting the guide dog advert that Nal was involved with uh we were really really excited to be involved with that because yes it was obviously highlighting that guide dogs help visually impaired children and their families and young people who are visually impaired um it also showed you know a, a normal little girl starting school um yeah. you know do you know what I mean um yeah. I think things like that are really important and to to have you know role models for people to look up to from every walks of life and you know including every kind of disability um and I think we're definitely seeing a lot more of that a lot more um which, you know, is quite exciting for, for now, really. <laughs> I mean, Nell sounds like she's a super confident, bright little girl. But what are you most worried about for her, you know, as she gets older? Um, I think at this moment in time, I think I would say I'm I'm worried that her condition and the nature of her condition might affect her confidence um so she as you say she's super confident and she's you know a bright little thing she really wants to be into everything um but just obviously the nature of a condition is that you know she could lose her sight completely like her dad mm-hmm. um and I you know I just really don't want that to impact on her to feel like um you know because she's maybe lost her sight, she can't do what she wants to do. Yeah. You know, our, our motto is, you know, there's always a way. You know, you might not be able to do this, but let's see what alternatives there are. Um, and, you know, that's something I've promised her from the word go. When she was born, everybody had gone. I had her on my chest and I just I promised her, I just said that I promise that you will be able to do whatever you want to do in life. I will help mm. you do it. <laughs> that's amazing. What, what an amazing what an amazing motto as well just to it just in life in general I take that I take that with me I'm gonna start saying that to my kids because it's true you know there's going to be obstacles along the way and I think as parents as mothers we're constantly worrying about our children all the time Dozer says to me that I'm worrying I worry too much and it hasn't happened yet but you know you do things run through your head constantly you know are they going to be okay will they be bullied is this going to happen to them is that going to happen but we've only got today haven't we and that's all we can focus on in life it's like grabbing hold of it and just full full speed ahead because no one knows no exactly and I think one of the things um for Nal as well is that she 
naturally will ask you know like um she's really into babies at the moment she really wants to be a mummy <laughs> i'm trying to teach her you know get yourself sorted first <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> not right now all of that yeah all of that but um she's you know she's naturally asking things of like how will i do this with my baby because i can't see so she's you know sort of but you know it's great that she's asking these questions because firstly she feels that you know yes I, I can be a mother it doesn't do matter yeah. you know um it's just how how am I going to do it so how am I going to push a pram when I've got like a guide dog or a cane and you know and also it is we are really lucky the fact that obviously her dad has gone through all of that and he can chat to her like how he had to try and change a dirty nappy and not knowing whether <laughs> her yeah. bum was clean and things like that, you know, how he dealt with things like that. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, obviously as a parent, I'm, you know, constantly worried about all three of them really. Um, but for now, I think, you know, knowing that she has got that sort of attitude already, like at the age of five that, you know, how am I going to do these things I want to do these things so how am I how am I going to do it you know she's going to be a good problem solver she's going to be yeah cracking problems all over the place (laughs) brilliant um Rachel thank you so much for coming onto the podcast I feel like that's well I feel like I've come away and I know Georgia feels the same having learned so much and I know it's going to help a lot of people out there so thank you for your honesty oh you're welcome Thank you for having me. Oh, it's brilliant. Please come back again. Let us know. I feel like we're going to be chatting to you in about five years' time. You'll be like, right, let's talk about Mel. She's smashing it. (laughs) Oh, thanks, Rachel. Thanks, Rachel. You're welcome. Wasn't Wasn't she she just... Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't she great? saying each other's words um yeah I mean I don't really know what else to say she just was so inspiring and so upbeat and so positive and it just when I you know you hear these stories we all go on about you know our daily struggles and then when you put them into perspective yeah and you've got a, you know a child like now like accomplishing all of this amazing stuff and she, you know, she can't see. It just, I don't know. It just makes me think. Yeah, it really made me think as well, actually. And like I said before, I feel like I came away really learning so much about that whole sort of side of life that I didn't necessarily know. And also just being a bit more armed with the right things to say. And, you know, we always have this chapter between the two of us, George, that we really want yeah. to have all of the conversations, you know, race, body confidence, all of those sort of those conversations that maybe people might shy away from from having but actually this is all about educating ourselves and our yeah, children absolutely and you know what who knew that guide dogs did do so much other stuff other than providing actual guide dogs i mean yes. i just didn't know that at no. all so i definitely learned something today yeah um, and me yeah. yeah and we want to say a massive thank you to guide dogs as well for coming on board for this episode and um, we really hope you loved it as always please rate review and subscribe to the podcast and if you do have time to tell somebody that isn't listening to to this podcast please tell them to do it yeah please do and any feedback you've got please drop us a dm at made by mummers and we'll be back on friday we'll see you then can't wait Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.